It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul Pickett. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and now recently on iHeartRadio. We're continuing our positional breakdown of the Miami Dolphins. Paul, a unit that unlike previous off-seasons, you know, where we've had to deal with the Danelle Ellerbees and the Philip Wheelers and the Kelvin Shepherds, uh, a unit that the Dolphins ha- have shown a lot of interest in this year, and we seem to be pretty happy with the starting three that we have out there. Yeah, we're, we're definitely happy with the starting three. I know we were looking at this unit as a little bit deeper and stronger because we thought we'd have Koamisi for spot duty before he recently had to go on IR and then rapidly retired after the fact. Mike Hall's pretty decent. Neville Hewitt's pretty decent for depth. But really, those starting three are a hell of a lot better than what we've got behind them. I know we've got a lot of depth at a lot of units. This isn't the deepest unit on the field, unfortunately, right now. But the starting three should be very quality between Rake, Kiko, and Timmons. Yeah, Lawrence Timmons was the big signing of this offseason. Two years, $12 million, with $11 million of it guaranteed. I got to tell you, Paul, uh, brings a big concern to me, uh, not just for the money, but watched him against the Patriots last year. Tom Brady ate his lunch. But then again, when you look at the Patriots and how they spread the field, a lot of times you had had Lawrence Timmons covering a wide receiver, oftentimes Julian Edelman. Yeah, and, and shame on the defensive coordinators there for not adjusting to that. Because let's face it, if your linebacker is ending up on Julian Edelman, throughout the duration of the game, especially into the second half after being lined up across from somebody like Edelman in the first half, obviously isn't getting the job done. Your scheme and your adjustments are really subpar. And if that happens with Miami, I'm not going to blame Timmons. He's not going to be out there playing to his strengths if he's lined up across from wide receivers playing and play out. That's the scenario where Matt Burke would need to make the adjustment and keep Timmons in there being that thumper against the run and, you know, maybe drop it into a hook zone, drop it out, covering the occasional tight end and not helping out there is just, it's a shame on Pittsburgh's defensive coordinators. And I'm not going to fault Timmons in that scenario. He was doing everything he could. He's not designed to cover Julian Edelman. If he was, he'd be a corner. Yeah. And like you said, he's brought, he was brought in to help fix the run defense it's going to allow the Dolphins to kick Kiko Alonso out to that outside linebacker spot and really make two positions better. That, that's for sure. I'm still not crazy about the amount of money the Dolphins gave him, but it definitely upgrades the unit. In the third linebacker spot is going to go to Raekwon McMillan. I do see Raekwon earning that third linebacker spot with Mike Hull and Neville Hewitt as the fourth and fifth linebackers. And a big reason for it, and actually because Koamisi – is not going to play this year, probably is never going to play again. Uh, what, what type of impact do you think that makes, if anything? Or is it a good thing? Unfortunately, as good as Koamisi could be when he was healthy, if he was healthy, they wouldn't have needed to go out and sign a Lawrence Timmons, potentially. If he was healthy, they may not have had to go after Raekwon McMillan in the draft this year. But Koamisi, Jelani Jenkins historically have not been able to stay on the field for very long. I won't even say a number of games because half the time it wasn't even a full game that they were able to stay on the field for due to all these different injuries. I like Koamisi. I like the skill set he had, but his body just wasn't able to hold up to the wear and tear of the NFL. And you had to have a backup contingency plan 
And it was even more important with Comisi because of the fact that his health wouldn't hold up up there. So, you know, like, and like you alluded to as well, Mike Hall might be the starter in the middle right now, but his name's written in pencil and it might as well be written in crayon because he's not going to be the starter unless something happens to Raekwon McMillan. They drafted Rake in the second round with that intention to start. And whether they said Mike Hall was starting there, I don't care if they said Jordan Phillips was starting there at this point or, or Indomitian soon. Rake is going to start in the middle, hands down. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of in 2005 when the Dolphins drafted a Channing Crowder in the third round. They were able to put him in at that strong side linebacker spot and give him some looks in the middle as well. And he didn't have to play all the snaps. And I think Raekwon McMillan is, is stepping into a similar role there. And Raekwon is a strong run defender, so he should be able to fit in very well, whether it's that middle, whether it's that strong side backer. Two very interesting things with Raekwon that, that I think the Dolphins and, and he are in a good position with is, number one, NFL defenses these days, to me, don't, they don't play a 4-3. They play a 4-2-5, and they're in sub-packages so often where I really believe that you only need two really good linebackers. The third guy can be somebody who plays 30% of snaps, which Raekwon is probably going to end up doing. It allows him to ease in a lot more slowly than he would if he were, say, a starting cornerback in the NFL. Another thing is Raekwon McMillan was born November 17, 1996. This is the youngest player in the draft, played at a high level at Ohio State. But even if Raekwon comes in and he doesn't play at an extremely high level this year, maybe even next year, then you're talking about him in his third year at 22 going on 23, stepping in, and, and now he can maybe make a bigger impact. I think the criticality of him making a bigger impact this year is a little bit higher given Misi's injury than it probably was a week or two ago. But one thing I, I do like is, as you said, a lot of times teams are in the 4-2-5. And Rake will be out there for about 30, 35, 40% of snaps, at least initially to start the year. But if he comes on strong, if he shows an even bigger propensity to cover the pass, then maybe we expect from the guy based on what we saw of him in college. He could, as the season wears on, flip-flop with a guy like Lawrence Timmons. And maybe you see Timmons out on the field for 35, 40% of snaps. And you'll see Rake out there as, towards the end of the season as it wears on, as he gets a little sand under his belt. And he'll be out there potentially on third downs now. So he, he's got the opportunity to grow, but it's not a necessity because of the fact that they have Timmons in the fold. When you draft somebody in the second round, you're expecting some sort of immediate contribution. But at least the Dolphins do have kind of an ace in their back pocket where if the guy comes in and he's got a lot more to learn than they thought, it doesn't mean that, hey, if, if he doesn't produce after a year or two, you can just about forget about it. So yeah, Raekwon should secure that third linebacker spot along with Timmons and, and with Kiko Alonso. After that, i got to tell you, I'm, I'm one of the bigger fans of Neville Hewitt. I think he's a pretty underrated player on this team. Uh, when the Dolphins play the Patriots and start giving those two linebacker looks, or even one linebacker look maybe, uh, against multiple wide receiver sets, I, I hope Neville Hewitt, is on the field a little bit more in those situations. Mike Hull, like you said, probably only a starter in writing right now, but he's somebody who should make the roster. At worst, you get 
kind of that, uh, uh, I guess, Tony Bua, Larry Izzo type of special teamer that, that's going to bring it each and every play. But it really opens up, too, now uh, a fight for the Dolphins for that sixth linebacker spot with, with a few people that are going to be vying for it. In fact, there are three linebackers that we haven't talked about that are on the Dolphins roster that were actually all drafted in, t- in the 2014 draft, and that's uh, Lehman Barrow, uh, who, is pro, who is a fifth-rounder out of LSU. You've got uh, Brandon Watts, who was drafted by the Vikings, and then somebody else drafted in, in, in the seventh round. The, the name's escaping me right now. but And it's also possible as well that the Dolphins' fourth, fifth, or sixth linebacker may not even be on this team yet. Yeah, as I say, the linebacker position tends to be one of those that when cut-down days loom around the NFL. There's going to be a linebacker-rich team that, that cuts somebody that may be better than who your fourth or fifth is at that point in time. So we may see, once that one initial cut-down comes down, that essentially winds up seizing the opportunity with another team like Miami. And the guy you're trying to think of is Chase Allen, the linebacker out of Southern Illinois. You know, he's he's got a decent shot to, to make this roster if he can do something that stands out as training camp goes through, as one or two of these early preseason games go through. If he's able to make a name for himself, like the way Julius Wormsley did last year on the defensive line, he could be a guy that maybe seizes one of these roster spots, especially if he can play some special teams. Now, Chase Allen was the only Dolphins undrafted free agent from this year. Uh, so he, he's, he's from Wyoming. He's got some talent to him. Trevor Riley was the guy I was thinking of. Uh, he was a seventh-round pick of the Jets, uh, Was uh, spent some time with, uh, with the Patriots as well, and then came over last year and, and actually dressed for the last few games of the Dolphins season too. Uh, you've also got Deion Lacey uh, from, uh, from the CFL. Hopefully he has the same type of uh, luck and, and development that Cameron Wake have had. I wouldn't hold your breath on that. But there is some competition there for that sixth linebacker spot. So, Paul, looking at this unit, how would you grade the Dolphins' linebacker spot? Before the Koemisi injury, I probably would have gone a little bit higher. But I'd still say, especially given the drafting of Ray McMillan, given the signing of Lawrence Timmons to a short-term deal in reality, so he's able to, to kind of be that Mr. Right Now, until they're able to address the position again, either in next year's draft, maybe in free agency next year, or even the following year. For me, it's definitely a, a very solid B, but if these linebackers are able to do what I'm hoping, it could easily elevate from there, but it's all going to hinge upon how quickly and efficiently Raekwon McMillan develops for me. I'm going to give them a B-. minus. I'm not as high on Timmons as a lot of other people are, but I'm probably a lot higher than on Keegan Williams than a lot of people are. I thought he added a lot of speed to the middle of the defense last year, and, and who could forget that game-clinching interception last year against Phillip Rivers where he jumped out of the middle, looked at the slot receiver, jumped on him, and then intercepted it and took it all the way back to the house. So it'll be interesting. One thing is for sure, this is the first year in a while that I haven't looked at the Dolphins starting three linebackers and thought, ugh. That's got to be fixed. I really hope this guy doesn't get hurt because we have nobody behind him, which I think we have pretty good depth this year with Neville Hewitt and with Mike Hall if something were to happen. You are listening to On the Fin Side. We are recapping the Miami Dolphins linebacker spot. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. We are going to continue our positional breakdown in our next segment with the defensive backs. 
a lot of keepers that we have there, a very interesting spot. And if it is not on the right side and it is not on the left side, it is on the thin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the thin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the thin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.